as we were preparing for this day, obviously we have the, the graphic mama bear, and we were talking about the idea of mothers fighting for their children. And that was something that was kind of on your heart. So why don't you well, share with that? Um, obviously, you've seen all the cute um, mama bear uh, apparel. I have some of the jewelry. And uh, Jamie and I were actually talking about this, our youth pastor's wife. And we were talking about, you know, we wear those. And uh, she said we, they were watching a documentary on bears. And she's like, you know, it's quite fierce, these mama bears. And I actually... Uh, don't recommend, I have done this, uh, go to YouTube and watch battles where mama bears fight for their cubs. It is awesomely gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> they are crazy. Uh, but as moms that are Christ followers, our number one goal is to be fighting for our kiddos' eternity. And it doesn't matter how old they are. This goes for grandmothers as well. When we're talking about moms today, uh, just know, grandmas, we're talking about you too. Um, this was a quote from Focus on the Family, and it said, Grandpa or Grandma, you are second only to the parents and your potential to influence your grandkids spiritually. So when we say mama, I'm talking the youngest mom all the way to the oldest because as I am learning, because now we have teenagers, uh, that you, you just don't ever get rid of your kids, right? <laughs> I think even when they're adults, we still call our mom's like, what are you cooking? Or what advice do you have? And so you're always going to be a mama bear, even if you're a grandmama bear. That's good. So you're fighting yeah. for that eternity. Yeah, and the scripture that we were talking about was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And really, that's what we're doing. When we're raising children, we are actually fighting the schemes of the devil. Because not only does God have a plan for their life, Satan has a plan for their life. And it might be a generic plan, but it's, it's, it's to yield to sin and to go the way of the world. <clears throat> and so Paul instructs us that it's going to be a fight, which is why we have the armor of God. Isn't it funny? When you were growing up in Sunday school... You, you probably heard about the armor of God, you know, and it was like these cute little songs. I put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith, and we know those things like it's something cute. But armor is used to defend someone trying to kill you and used to kill other people. That's the whole point of it. It's not like a pretty, you know, a pretty idea, a cute little idea. It's an idea of war. And the point of this scripture was for Paul to say, Look, it's going to be a battle. This life is going to be a battle. He goes on in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand firm. So I don't know, we can easily lose sight when we wake up every day that this is a battle and we're fighting for our lives and our eternity, but we're fighting for our children's lives and our children's eternity. And I like this version says, this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about it in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and his angels, which means Obviously, every day we wake up, 
behind the scenes, there's two things going on all day for our lives and our kids is, are you going to serve me? Or are you going to take the other path? And so we as moms are always trying to pay attention, right? We're always trying to, okay, am I doing everything? It's not really, it doesn't have to be stressful. It's just an awareness that I am fighting. And so right now today, when they're arguing for their, to go to a friend's house and I don't have a good feeling about it and I don't know why and I just want to cave because I'm tired of arguing and but there's something in me saying no and then you drive your heels and you're like no you're not doing that and usually you might not even know why you're fighting it might not be revealed but a lot of times I feel like the Lord's faithful to show us in days to come or weeks to come oh that's why I had that reservation in my heart that's why I was hesitant he's just faithful yeah, and one of the things we were talking about was, you know, the tendency for all of us to fight potentially the wrong things, you know, because all of us are going to fight something. You know, you're going to have that thing in your life that you fight for, you're passionate about. Um, and I think one of the strategies of the enemy is to get us focused on the wrong things. And we men, <clears throat> we all know what it's like to be to be married to a woman that maybe gets her mind set on something <laughs> that, you know, we're not quite understanding and they just go after it, go after it and like beat it like a drum, you know, over and over. And you know, we know what that's like. And Solomon understood this, which is why we get this kind of funny scripture in Proverbs 21. 19, he said, it's better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. <laughs> wow. Now, now I hear that and I think how Solomon meant it probably, uh, which he had like 900 wives or something. So he, you know, he was just, that's, that's probably what finally problem. drove him off the deep end. Problem. But anyway, um, but I, but when I read that, I also think about the good side of that. Because really what he is saying is when a woman gets her mind set on something, you have to excuse me, we both had a little cough this week. But when a woman gets her mind set on something to to hone in on that and focus in on that, that's really the point of this scripture. That's what Solomon is saying. He said, oh, my Lord, I'd rather, I would rather go live alone in a desert than be in a house with a woman on a warpath, you know, going going after (laughs) someone when she gets her mind set on something. So there's a positive side to that, too. And I think what we were talking about is if a person, a woman, a man, whoever, is led by the flesh, you can easily use that that skill that you have to hone in and focus on the wrong thing. In other words, you're fighting, but you're fighting the wrong enemy. You're fighting the wrong battle. And I think a person who is spirit-led can realize from the spirit that battle's not worth fighting. That battle's not worth fighting. But this one, but this one now, I'll fight this one so hard that it'll make my husband want to go live in a desert land because we're going to go after this one. And I think one of the strategies of the enemy is to take that power and divert it to the wrong thing. And I, and there are probably people in this room right now that, oh, yeah, you're fighting. You're fighting. You got that fighting spirit in it, but you're, you're fighting for this, fighting for this, tied up over this, upset over this. But what about your children? What about your children? And sometimes I see where when a person is fighting, you know, any warrior is fighting, they get tired. And that can happen sometimes where, yeah, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, but now I'm tired of fighting. Well, this is where we got to re-energize ourselves and re-encourage ourselves to get fighting back on the right, the right thing. Absolutely. And I think that on that, you know, um, I, it's hard, <laughs> bless his heart, not to get fixated on 
uh, what sometimes I admittedly call goofy things. I'm like, that that was goofy. I apologize. It, maybe it's like the weed. It's simple as just the weeds in your yard. Like, how can we not get the weed eater out? And then there'll be a joke. Well, you go get the weed eater then. Go see how fun it is. <laughs> so there, that's a silly example. But I think that sometimes we're, we can get fixated on our kids. Like, uh, their future, or they, I mean, I hear parents stressing out, and their kids are in first grade about their education, and I'm like, they're in first grade, just relax, like, they've got their whole life planned out all the way through college, you're just like, they're in first grade, so each season has its ups and downs, it has those things that are tough, but if you're so busy being so worked up about everything, you're not enjoying the season, and I'm telling you, I did I, when I, my kids were about five, I would hear this all the time. It's, gonna, it's just going to pass. It's just going to pass. Here we are. I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old, and I am four years till they're out on their own. Did it? I can't tell you how fast it went. And, yeah. and so you just have to, part of that is slowing down and focusing on the right things. Am I enjoying this season? Am I enjoying my kids? I've even known some, um, some families to talk and realize mom is working full-time, dad's working, and they talk and say, I'm going to step away from work. And the mom, I'm going to stop working for a season. Can we do that so that I can be focused because I don't want this to all just go by so fast. And so I think yeah. part of that not being fretful woman is slowing down and asking yourself, what am I? Am I fretful about the right things? Exactly, because I think, like I said, that we look at that scripture as a negative you know, or, or a, a funny critique maybe of certain tendencies that the, the females may have. But I actually, but any, any negative probably has a positive side to it. And I, and I think what we're looking at is, no, this is an amazing, an amazing ability and skill and gift that God has given women to care about things um, that maybe men don't care about and then hone in on them and go after them, you know, no, no matter who it's upsetting or who it makes mad. That's one of the things I value most about my mom growing up. And to this day, if anybody is going to the hospital or has any kind of problem going on, they want her on their team because she's going to go in and make all the doctors mad and all the nurses mad. But you will come out healthy and alive <laughs> because she's going to do that and she, she gets that on her mind. But talking about this idea... I think one of the things the enemy tries to do is to take that gift and just get it focused on the wrong things. Because if you're, if you're focused on the wrong thing doing that, then this other thing that is actually a priority is suffering. So it's, it takes wisdom and it takes the leading of the Holy Spirit to identify what are the real threats and the real focus in my life right now. And I wanted to share this example. The other day I was sitting on my back porch and... Uh, we have a lot of squirrels in our, in our yard. We have horses, we have lambs, and we have a dog. Possibly for not much longer if he doesn't straighten up. But anyway, <laughs> um, and I was watching the squirrels, and I've seen this. When we first got our dog, he was fascinated with chasing the squirrels. He's a German shepherd, and he just wasn't very good at it. He, he would never catch any. So he's just slowly given up over time. Uh, and they don't, they're not even really that afraid of him because they've sort of identified that he's not a threat. And I used to, I used to watch as he would watch him real closely. He tried so many different things. He would sneak up, you know, he would try to just sprint attack and the squirrels would see him coming and they're kind of waiting. They're like, okay, I got plenty of time. And they, and they would just wait until he got there. But they're, they're, they're way more nervous of him 
and the humans than they are, for example, the horses. And I thought this was fascinating because I'm watching out in the yard. And the other day, these squirrels are just walking around. And the horses, they're all walking around like one big happy, you know, like Bambi family just all out there hanging out. And I'm like, the, the squirrel is almost lip to lip with this little, uh, with the horse of these squirrels. I'm like, how does, and, and this horse is so much bigger than a dog. You know, so at what point did this squirrel realize that this horse was not a threat? And I was just sitting there thinking, even in animals, it's amazing their ability to determine what is and is not a threat. And the only way that, that you get past that, if you are, for example, a, a dog or, or a human, like for those guys that love to hunt, the only way that you do get past those defenses that those animals have of you being a threat is to deceive them. You know, if you're a hunter, you put on camouflage, you put all kind of weird smells on you, you know, you get way up in the tree. Why? Because you know that animal can easily identify you as a threat unless you're really good at deceiving that animal to the point that it relaxes and no longer considers you a threat. And that's really how you get good at, at hunting is you have to really be good at deceiving. So that's, that's really who you are. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not a huge hunter, but I love, I love hunters. But, and this is what the enemy's good at. This is what the enemy is good at, is coming, the Bible says, as an angel of light. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 7. He said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. So it presents the idea, we've seen the cartoon, of a wolf that's put on like a, a, a you know, sheep's clothing and is sneaking up in the, in the herd. What's the point? So that the defenses of the, of the sheep go down, and actually that wolf is a threat, but they're not recognizing it as a threat. So when we're talking about fighting for moms, um, and, and moms fighting and dads too, of course, it's for all of us, part of what we have to get better at is using wisdom and the Holy Spirit to identify what are those real threats that maybe we've decided are not a threat. You know, maybe we've decided this, this friend or that phone or this app or them being alone by themselves or this issue in their life. Oh, it's no big deal. I hear this all the time from parents. Oh, it's no big deal. Oh, it's no big deal. You know, oh, kids are going to be kids. Well, maybe you've relaxed to the point where you're, you're no longer considering something that actually is a threat that is destroying their life and, and they need a fighter and a protector in their life to recognize, wait a minute, no, that is a threat in their life. And this is going to make a difference down the road, so I'm going to fight for them even when they don't understand it or others around them don't understand it. And that's one of the things that I think moms are best at, is not only fighting, but also sniffing out when there really is an issue and, and a problem, maybe when other people don't recognize it. Yes, I think it's a great gift. Obviously, the Bible says woman was created to be a helper. Uh, she comes alongside and helps. And not even when she doesn't mean to, but she comes alongside and helps. And when you're helping your kids, it's not nagging. You're not on them 24-7. You're not just, because you'll drive a wedge between you and your kid. It's with such wisdom, but it is. I've, I've had to do this myself, and I always applaud the mother that does this. Whenever you are sure this is not good, and you drive your heels, and I don't care if my kid doesn't like me. I don't care if they're mad at me. I don't care if they don't understand. And that is the beauty 
of being an adult, right? You have life experience that they don't have. You know things. You can hear things. When they, they say something simple, you're like, there's more to that. I don't even have to know. that. Some of it's practical. Some of it's not even spiritual. It's just, mm, no, you're just going to go hang out, Chick-fil-A, right? No, let's, let's, I'm going to send an adult. You don't trust me. It's not about trust. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't trust the enemy. But that requires <laughs> us, that requires us to be at our place. Yes. You know, if, if you're not in tune spiritually, if you don't have a prayer life, if you're not need to be where you got, where you need to be with God, yeah, you might miss some of those things. And that feels like a big responsibility, you know, and a lot of pressure maybe to go, oh God, if I, if I miss this and that, well, you don't have to be perfect. But I do think as believers that have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we have to be in tune with what's going on with our children. Absolutely. And I think I've seen this even temptation in us as our kids are getting older. I think you get uh, tired. You get to see the finish line and you're like, I'm just going to put this in coast a little bit. And I think it depends on what season you're in. Even if you have college students, even if you have, you're like, oh, they're good. It never stops. And the authority, and we won't get off on this too much today, but you as a parent have supernatural God-given authority and so even if your kids are grown in college and you can't control what they're doing or they're adults, you, can, you have that authority as a mother to stand and pray for them. And what I do for my kids, even though they're still living at home, I have done this since they were, when they were in school. Show me the things that I can't see, Lord. Mm-hmm. Let me hear things that I need to hear. Let me get, I can't even, I asked the Lord one time, there was a parent, just something was wrong about this parent and the way that they were causing problems with my kid. And I was like, what is going on? And I asked God, show me. If, if it's my kid, I'll, I'll make them a believer. I'll do what I got to do. But what's going on? And so God will do that. He'll reveal what's going on. And just like that scripture you read, we're not wrestling flesh and blood. I'm not going to go in all my fury and tell that mom, you blah, 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 you this what you need to do and wiggle my finger. I'm going to handle it in the spirit. That's right. That's our most sure. powerful place. I'm not, there is a place to go and get, you know, if you have to go face to face with someone, but that really is the 1%. Most of our battles as Christians really is fought behind the scenes. And um, I'm just so proud of our women because so many times if y'all are battling, y'all are going to text a friend in the church, hey, pray, can you be praying over this? Can you, and that's the way to do it. Well, and that's a good point is that's one of the things that the church offers is a community of like-minded parents, mothers, fathers, that we're all going in the same direction, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all trying to accomplish the same, the same goal. When we talk about what the real threats are, I want to spend a little bit of time there because it is very easy to get caught up in the way of the world, just what things are important. You know, if you think about what most parents want for their kids, and we talked about some of this in the Family Matters series, but if you think about what most parents really want for their kids, usually it's going to start with a good education, right? Okay, well, we want them to have a good education. Uh, We want them to get a good job and be happy. We want them to be financially secure. We want them to get married, have a good marriage and a good family. Those are all great things. Those are all great things, but they're not actually the most important thing, any of them. They're on the list, and they're very high. But the most important thing for any child is that they fall in love with Jesus, Yes. that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that they are living for Him wholeheartedly. That's, that's the number one 
thing. Why? Because without that, none of those other things matter. You could have the best education, the best finances, the best family, but if you don't have that relationship with Jesus right, this is how I look at it. It may sound a little strong to you, but I'm talking about for myself. This is how I look at it. If they don't have that, then I've failed. I failed. That's the number one thing I'm tasked with as a parent is passing down my faith to my children. If they come out of my house loving God, loving his word, then I'm not worried about anything else in their life. You know why? Because that's, that is all that they need that will carry them through every situation they're going to face going forward. Now, I fight for their education. I fight for these other areas. I, we absolutely fight for those areas. They're very, very important. Don't misunderstand. But they're not more important than them having a relationship with Jesus Christ where they value his word, they follow his word, they, they run from sin, and they follow God. Look at what James 1 says about this. He says, each person is tempted. This is James 1.14. He says, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. So this is what we were talking about earlier with Satan luring and enticing through deception. But in this case, he says it's our own sin nature. And everybody's born with this, our own, our own you know, evil desires. Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Now, notice the, the process here. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to something. In this case, he says it is sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. This process cannot be minimized. When a person has an evil desire, it begins, we've been talking about this in the mental series, it may begin in their heart, it may begin in their mind. They have an evil desire. Then, eventually, they act on that desire. That's the conception part. He says that desire, when it has conceived, it gives birth to action or to sin. And when that sin is fully grown, meaning that sin is repeated over and over and over and over again, that sin grows. Okay, it's not like, oh, they messed up, they did that. Yeah, but that's not how sin works. Sin gets its claws in you. It's, like, it's more like a vine that starts to wrap you up. And he says, when sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. And how many times, how many times as pastors have we sat, it's heartbreaking, have we sat with families that didn't realize this process was happening in their child's life underneath their roof and underneath their watch, and they weren't aware of it as parents. It was happening behind closed doors. They didn't know about what they were doing on the Internet, that that sin was just wrapping them up. They didn't know about this secret relationship that was wrapping them up. They didn't know about a drug addiction or a pornography addiction. They didn't know about those things that were happening, yet they were just slowly being wrapped, wrapped up. And when that sin is fully grown, it brings forth death. And the, the heartbreak that we've had to experience of sitting with families and parents that are walking through that, and they're just getting the revelation of, I didn't know this was going on in their life. I didn't know this was happening. Listen, as godly parents, and, and we're talking to the mothers this morning, it's our job to know. It's our job to know. We've got to pray. We've got to pry. We've got to ask questions. We've got to spy. We've got to investigate. We've got to put it all together. Whatever tools you have 
to know we've got to have uncomfortable conversations. We have to call them on the carpet. What is that? That's fighting. As we're talking, that's fighting like mama bear. That's fighting for your children. And the, the, the temptation sometimes is to turn an eye and soothe ourselves with, oh, well, it'll be okay. Well, everybody gets into that a little bit. Well, that's true. But not everybody comes out of it. Some people get wrapped up and they deal with it for the rest of their life. So why don't you take the baton on that real heavy brick we just dropped on that (laughs) one? Well, uh, you've always heard mother's intuition, and it it really does apply in this area that you you have a voice, and as... It depends. I know when they're 10 and under, you're like, I'm so secure in my voice. Yes, you're going to listen. As they get older, and especially as they move out of your house, you know, you feel like I've lost my voice. You have that intuition, and especially if they're still in your house, you need to follow that. Don't override it. God gave you that. I, I don't know how my mom knew the things she knew, but she always somehow found things out. And she was a praying woman, and she did not... Uh, we are what uh, I call, she was a first-generation Christian. She was not raised in Christian, her or my dad. They didn't know anything. Mm. We joke because she thought that Jesus was John pe- the Baptist. John the Baptist. Yep. That was the same. She thought they were the same people. So she just didn't know anything. And so, but she, one thing she thought, I'm going to get a hold of prayer. That was one thing. And she prayed. And she got wisdom. And she would call it, it she'd make me so mad and but she you know what when I got older oh my gosh I was telling her thank you all that I still tell her I'll still a memory will pop up she doesn't even remember the battle we had and she's like oh I don't even remember that I was like oh I remember uh I remember and I'm so thankful uh one time uh, they took my door off I you know I'm pretty nice <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. I, I had quite the little sassy mouth, and I don't remember what I was throwing. And so I was probably one of those, this is my room, it's privacy, and I know I locked the door. And it was not about 10 minutes later that my dad reminded me that it was not my house. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just you think, well, I don't, you shouldn't have to do that. Well, you know, you, there's sometimes you do, and everything's in love. I'll tell you this, I never doubted that I was loved. And so sometimes if you're going to be, I was that kid. If you're going to be that kid, I'm going to be that parent. And, but most of the time, it doesn't require that. And that love, they always know they're loved. And no matter how mad I got at my mom, I knew I was loved. And that is the most powerful thing that I think moms have is when you come, you're like, have to put your foot down or you're harsh. You go and you just, I don't know about you, I, I, I would cry. I still do. I'm like, is he, I'll go, is, is she mad at me? Is he mad at me? And he's like, you did right. I was like, I know, but I just feel so bad. I just, and he's like, you did right, stand your ground. And I'll cry and then I'll go back out with them. You know, it's just, they'll never know what it's costing you to be that mom. They're never going to know the tears you've cried, the prayers you've prayed. But one day they're going to grow up and they will thank you for it. So good. So good. And, you know, you said it doesn't always require that, and that's true. But when it does require it, it's usually just a season. Yeah. You know, it's not like an ongoing. Mm-hmm. But so many people, they, they just, they're not really like fighters, and so they just want peace. And so anything to keep the peace. But look, at the, the, when, you read the, when you read that scripture in Ephesians 6, it's not about always keeping peace because sometimes we're in a fight. 
And you can't always have peace when you're in a fight. And sometimes the way you get peace is through fighting. Yeah. You know, and I think about your story of your of your family. I mean, your your father and your mother and and then similar things on my side. Thank God that someone in your family fought for you guys and for your relationship with God and fought fought to bring Christianity into y'all's into y'all's life and what they were fighting and, and my family to a degree too uh, especially on one side but what what my family was what we were fighting was generations of Satan dominating in that yes, family yes you know mm-hmm. and without one person standing up and putting on the armor of God and saying, if it kills me, I'm breaking this cycle. Yes. I don't care who I tick off. I don't care who I make mad. I don't care who gets upset. I'm fighting. I don't care if nobody likes me. I'm fighting this because I'm fighting for my children and my grandchildren. And my, it's, it's, I'm, I'm setting a new cycle. Yes. I'm setting a new pattern. And it stops with me. And from this point forward, it's going to look different. And I know when I look on my my biological father's side, it's nothing but dysfunction. It's nothing but perversion. It's nothing but death. Uh, It's nothing but addiction on every side. And my brother and I, you know, we could have went that way except our parents fighting and saying, this will not pass down to them. And some of you are in that place right now. And I don't know how many parents I've talked to that they see that happening in their life, in their children's life, but they don't want to fight. They, well, you know, but um, I can't tell them they can't go see them or I can't tell them that they can't do that. Well, you're, but if you don't do it, if you don't do it, then what's going to be the result in five years? What's going to be the result in 10 years? And so sometimes it is a fight. And what I think we wanted to encourage you guys with this morning is you have that in you. To be that mama bear, you have that in you to fight and put your foot down and say, I have the foresight to look forward and see where this is going to be in 5, 10, 20 years, and I'm going to fight those battles now. I'm going to pay that price and make that sacrifice now. Well, I think that uh, mama bear, you really should go watch a laid back, you can watch a laid back documentary, but uh, whenever you see the, when you understand that in nature, the the mother bear, and you can see this in other animals, is keenly aware. She's just so aware, acutely aware of everything. That, and it looks like when you watch them, you know, the cubs are way over here and she's way over here. They can smell. How far is it? It's like it's miles. It's like yeah. several miles they can smell. And so you, you think, oh, she, and then you'll, you could see her ears perk up. And that's kind of how we, we're just our ears perk up and we're paying attention and we understand the hour we live in. And it's not to make you feel bad. It's just an awareness. I would encourage you. Uh, we're, we're in ministry, so we do this. But go read. Go read some of the stuff. I follow a ministry called Protect Their Eyes. Their, uh, Bark has information. There's all kind of stuff that you should. You can talk to a, any guidance counselor, any uh, person that's counseling kids. And you can find out real quick what these kids are dealing with. Um, and then you can go, okay, I'm aware. Sometimes I think we're just not aware. Yeah. I don't think we're, we're aware of uh, what they're battling. I don't think we're aware how much it's changed just in 10 years. But that's part of the fight, too, Yeah, is fighting to know, Yeah, fighting to find out. Because ignorance is not an excuse either to go, oh, well, I didn't know that was a bad app, or I didn't know that was a... Yeah, you got to fight to know. 
if you don't know, then don't, it shouldn't be on their phone in the first place. Like you, you have to, we're using that one, but yeah, if you don't know the parent, if you don't know, we could use that in every area. Well, if you don't know, you got to fight to know. And that's just more work. Yeah. You know, that requires more, more, more effort. Um, I wanted to, I wrote this statement down. There are a lot of things fighting for your children and whoever fights the hardest is going to win. You got to keep that in mind. In this world that we live in, there are a lot of things fighting for your children. Satan is fighting, the culture is fighting, the world is fighting, and whichever one fights the hardest is going to win. You know, I, I thought when I was writing that down, I was thinking about, this would work better in the youth than it would in here, because I, I, hopefully we don't have that many financially desperate people in here. But I was thinking, if I had a $100 bill and I brought four people up here and I said, okay, whoever fights the hardest, That's definitely the period. <laughs> That's the only rule. Whoever wants it the most, it's yours. That would work better in youth. I may try that at youth camp. That'd be fun. We'll give them helmets. Helmets, no, no. But that type of just no rules, just whoever wants it. Look, in a lot of ways, that's what's at stake with our kids. Whoever fights the hardest is going to win. They're going to come out on top. And you have to be aware there are a lot of things fighting for your children right now. And at some point, their parents have to love them enough to stand up and say, you may be fighting, but I'm going to fight harder. You will not outfight me. You will not outwork me for their little lives and their, their destinies and their future. I will fight for them. And sometimes that may mean fighting for your children by fighting against your children. In other words, they may be what you're fighting. Not, not like in a, in a bad way, but I'm going to protect you from yourself. That, that ends up being the battle sometimes is you can't see what I see. You don't know what I know. And, I, and we should be on the same team with this, but you, you can't see it right now. So I'm having to fight you for you. And that ends up being the battle sometimes. And if you are blessed um, to have a husband that... Uh, would attend church with you for sure. But even a, a, a good, decent husband, if you're blessed to have a husband, and I have had to do this. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't walk out this consequence. And I'm sorry, I'm going to need your strength. And to stand behind that strength, I mean, that is where, if you're blessed enough, and, and at this time there's a lot of single women that would love to have a husband that would go to church with them. If you are blessed enough to have a man that would attend church, then use his strength sometimes. Sometimes he's had to step in, and he, we have a private conversation, and in the, in the, he's like, everything I'm about to say, please do not say a word. If you can't handle it, it's okay. Just go stay in the room, but this is what's about to happen, and I need you to back me. And when that happens, I may not always, I might be not be comfortable with his level of strength sometimes. But when it happens and we get on the same page and we decide that, I'll tell you the thing we're battling usually breaks mm -hmm. so much faster. And it really, and it doesn't, men don't have to pray the way you do. He doesn't have to read the Bible the way you do. He doesn't have to be as spiritual as you mm -hmm. to have wisdom for your home. Uh, of course, they should be doing all those things, but they are called. It's actually a calling. It's, it's a position of authority. So, if you're blessed to have a husband next to you that is, cares about your kids, wants to help, and when he does, don't fight him, you know? And God, I mean, that's such a great point because what you're saying is that 
each, you know, the man and the woman, the mother and the father end up having different gifts. And if we don't, if we don't value that and understand that, then we end up fighting each other. Right. We're trying to fight for the kids, but <laughs> we end up fighting each other because we have different ways mm-hmm. of doing it. But the, the best marriages and best parenting teams are people that recognize we, we parent different. And I totally respect, value, and see the worth in the way you do it. And you have to see that in, in me and realize that sometimes we're going to go your way, but sometimes we're going to go my way. And they actually need both. Mm-hmm. They actually need both. And, and, and if we end up fighting each other on it, that ends up being a problem. Yeah, and, uh, I have failed. So <laughs> I have failed. But you try, you do, you try. And you're not always, I mean, there's been times when I've had to pull, I've stomped my feet and went out the room and then later had to pull the kids in and say, you know, I didn't act right. Your dad was 100% right. And this is what's going to happen. And we're on the same team. So it's not. You're not always going to do this perfect. I mean, oh, of course not. No, there's no formula to it, for sure. If we're talking about bears, I mean, you know, there's a little <laughs> grizzly that comes out. Right. Well, that's the idea of fighting, right? <laughs> what, what did uh, I think it was Mike Tyson say? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. So yeah, when you're fighting, it doesn't always go according to plan. Oh, but you know, but yeah, we. But at the end of the day, and sometimes we have to have those conversations. Not even just about kids, about ministry and other things. Is Look, where there's tension here, but we're actually not the problem. The problem is out there, so let's quit doing this and let's turn together, you know, and fight that because that's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna win. So yeah, let's talk about, you know, what is some of the uniqueness that you that you think moms bring to the table. So with it being Mother's Day, we'll hit the we'll hit the dads on Father's Day, but if I can get them here and they're not at the lake, you know, fishing or something like that. But anyway, all the men show up on Mother's Day to honor their moms. And on Father's Day, they, well, their wives and their mothers. Yeah, they, but then they, they go to the lake on Father's Day. That's okay. Go on Saturday and come to church on Sunday, all right? Uh, but just talking about the uniqueness of moms, like what do you see as the uniqueness that a mom brings to that family dynamic that might be different than the, the husband? Well, I do think that moms don't quit. You see this even in uh, young mothers who aren't ready to have babies. A lot of times they'll mature before the husband. I think that um, mothers just have, there's something that God put in us that's like, I've got to take this life. It just, all of a sudden you're so, as soon as they're born, I don't know if you had, I feel like so many, I've heard y'all stories, like in the hospital you're like, I have to keep this thing alive. <laughs> There's just this awareness that for the rest of I'm this is I'm in port. This is you know I wasn't someone who babysat kids, so it was very overwhelming the whole hospital thing. But um, I've got to keep this kid alive. And then as they continue to grow, you're like, okay, I've got to worry about their morals. I got to do this. And moms care about those things in a way that dads don't. And I feel like uh, I'll bring something to you, and you're like, okay, yeah. You once I bring it up, you're like, oh yeah, that's a great point. We need to do that. So I think we have a way to see. I wish I always responded that way. That, that would be awesome. But, yeah, no, I don't always see it at first. You've got to sometimes explain it. Now put the phone down. Listen. Uh, and then I think moms are good at loving uh, their kids. They're good at loving others. I think um, at least I've seen so many moms. You're like the neighborhood mom. All the kids are coming to your house. You're feeding the kids. You're you're loving on others and then I think a lot of our blended families I think that the mothers that say these are they are good about saying these are my kids and I'm going to love these kids like they're my own I'm going and I think that 
moms are really good at that. I think they're like, okay, these are all my kids now. Um, so many of our blended families have made this beautiful transition of these are my, these are all my kids. Like when you're introduced, it's not like, well, these are his three and these are my two. And it's, this is my, they love big, I feel like. You know, I think what you're talking about, I've, I've seen in our own uh, relationship and just talking about how we've navigated it a little bit is that because it's nurture in a lot of ways, like you, you care about things that maybe I don't care about. And at first glance, sometimes I might think, why are you worried about that? Like, that's not something to even you know, worry about because I'm, I'm thinking about big picture. And there is a balance that we, I'm talking about our relationship specifically, there is a balance that we end up walking out of me having to pause and go, well, let me listen because there, you might not be explaining it even just right, but like you're, you, there's something you're seeing. And so then I listen to it. And so many times there is something there that I wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. or I, I didn't see uh, and that I'm just not inclined to even care about, you know, naturally. But then I, over time I see the value in it. And then the other balance, the other side of it is sometimes you know, where I will come in and go, I don't think we have to worry about that, you know, mm-hmm. but d- not just dismissing it and going, oh, well, that's, we don't need to worry about that, you know, because moms have that intuition and that nurture and that care, and that's the balance of a good relationship is being able to say, you know, that is really important. I didn't think about that, or then saying, you know, I don't think we have to worry about that. I, here's why, and then we move together as a, as a team. Mm-hmm. So those, those gifts kind of complementing each other. Yes, most of the time. Most of the time. Too That's pa- the goal. <laughs> Two passionate the goal. people sometimes. It takes a little longer than you're saying, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So nurture for sure. I think nurture um, is a huge way that, that the moms stand out. Um, and then this, men have this too, but this is in a different way. You know, I just think about wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, the wisdom that moms bring, the voice, the insight. A man doesn't have it all. A mom doesn't have it all. You need both voices in a lot. And so many parenting relationships, I see one or the other get shut down. Usually one person has a very loud, sort of dominant voice, and the other opinion gets gets shut down or pushed down. And so you see, you know, this imbalance where either men are walking around, you know, with their tail tucked between their legs, you know, and they don't, they don't want to say anything because they don't want to get embarrassed. They don't want to get shut down, you know. Or, or even wives the same way with a dominant, you know, man that doesn't want the opinion of his wife. But I think the best parenting teams value each other's voice and each other's wisdom and realize that you have a piece, I have a piece. And I'm not always going to understand your perspective or vice versa, but we, but we realize the value of having both. You know, and then to re- to respect that, and it is like you said, it's it's tweaks that have to be made. I'm not saying either of us do this perfect, but sometimes you got to tweak it and go, man, I haven't been valuing that enough, and I, I need to just make that little adjustment to give respect and and honor to that. And the, I guess uh, one of the last things I would say is that moms, no one is going to pray like the mom. I, I do think, and I don't know. Um, I think that moms have a unique gift. There's a different way that God uses us in prayer than he does with a man. Mm-hmm. And that gift, that gift to pray for your kids and your grandkids is so strong, and you need to utilize it more. Because there's always, this is the hard part in parenting. This is the heartbreaking part. This is the part where you wish you could control your kids. 
you can't control every decision they're going to make. You, can't, you will never know all the details of everything, but you can pray. And what prayer does is prayer reaches in to the supernatural and it says, and you're giving God away into that child's heart no matter their age. And you're tell, asking and telling God, I give you permission to work in my children. I'm giving, I'm asking for your grace. I'm asking for your mercy. I don't care what they're doing. I'm asking that it become something they hate. I, if, they're doing, if they're doing something sinful and they're not out of your control, you pray over that situation. Um, I, story, story time, no. Uh, one time I went, I didn't even, I actually thought that uh, drinking and partying and stuff, I just like, y'all are all idiots. You're just, no one, nothing, y'all are just stumbling over each other. What's happening? I don't want to do that. So one friend tricked me, she really tricked me into going she drove me we're just like keep going and going into the sticks and the country and i'm like what is happening we come to this party and everyone is already drunk they're all partying and i'm like what have i just and i couldn't drive and i was like i'm stuck and it was for cell phones and i was like trying to think what can i do and i remember i don't know why my friend came up she's like your mom's on her way to my house i was like okay let's we uh, okay we ran and got in the car and when we got to her house my mom was at her house waiting for me and and of course I, there was consequences uh but the point is she didn't know she, she had yeah. no idea in the natural what's going on and this friend was a very well trusted friend actually and we re- we really never even got in trouble that was really our one time that we <laughs> she flipped her lid um and so my mom's <laughs> like come at the house and she's like get in the car and so that just that being prayer being aware and I know we don't want to I know sometimes especially as you're getting to the end and especially when they're adults and you feel like I don't have any control always I have seen many mothers do this I've had where they're they're at a social gathering and they're like excuse me I, I have there's some I gotta go pray and they'll go pray for their adult child and and then find out whoa this x y and z was happening so, God, that's your most powerful gift. Utilize it because the Lord cares a hundred times more than you do about your kids. And when you, and even just that prayer, you can put all that pressure on him too. You know, he's got big arms. I imagine sometimes just this big, huge father just like, come here. This big muscle man, that's how I imagine God. Like, he's just like so me. big and tough. Yeah, yeah, Not like me. Just yeah. like you. Yeah. Just like you. And I can go sit in his lap. And I can give him my problems. You know, the things you can't change. You are are adorable. Sorry I got you off track there. No, Uh, but you're you're exactly right. Is the power of prayer, which, perfect segue. That's how I wanted to end this service is through prayer. Let's stand on our feet together.